we do a cold open and so mm-hmm. we normally just pick the funniest thing that happened while we were warming chatting. up chatting mm-hmm. but uh our chat was too serious. We've been tragically <laughs> uninteresting. <so. laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, we can't start the episode. Until we should have talked about that trip episode. to the Boner Factory. Like, we just completely ruined it. They have nothing to go with. Yeah, I know. But uh, It was actually a very serious trip, though. So It was. You know, STI education is important for children. Um, are you comfortable saying STI? I hate it. Did you make that change? I, I, I try to, but I, I, I'm hipstering it because I feel like I'm doing it ironically, <laughs> you, but no yeah. one knows but me. Sure. <laughs> I grew up on STDs, and that's not sounds terrible, but <laughs> but yeah, like I, to me, it's like oh, the STDs. Oh, they're STIs now. I'm like, what's the difference? The letter. Okay, like I guess that had to happen. It's one of those things that like like a lot of uh, sexual sexual health related issues. I just kind of go, okay, someone that's not me decided what's more important. I'll just go with whatever that is because otherwise but you offend a million people. To be fair, they did change the TV show to CSD. Ooh, the D stands for dick. Crime scene dick? Yep. <laughs> what I mean, channel is this on? <laughs> oh, it's, it's on the internet. We're talking about private eyes. I mean, come on, we're bringing it back. Super private. Hi, I'm Philip. I'm First, we'll have a little chat, then put on our ring Now it's time for Next Step Bats. Hey, we're here today with Matt and Eric from Double Blind Improv. Hello, Yay. gentlemen. Hi. Hey, guys. Can you introduce yourself so people can recognize your voices, please? So, I am Eric Thompson. I created Double Blind Improv. Uh, I am Matt Alex, and I am fortunate enough to often perform at Double Blind Improv. And, as always, I am joined today by... Philip Simondet, and I created Next Step Bat. And your host, as always... Is Matthew McLeod, and <laughs> I am fortunate to always be here on Next Step Bat, along with... Philip Simondet. Oof, that's on record. I trapped you into saying that. That, that smile on your face when you <laughs> were, were leading into that was excellent. There was a level of glee that was palpable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Philip, we will see you in 22 minutes. Yep, we'll see. Um, quick sidebar. Oh, sidebar. Yeah. Do you ever think it's weird that you created the show, but then you kind of wrote yourself out of the majority of the show? Oh, no, I wanted it to be good. Fair. Sidebar <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, sidebar over. Okay. Well played. So uh, you created Double Blind Improv uh, not not too terribly long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when did it start? And uh, tell us the basic concept of the show for anybody who doesn't know about the show already. Uh, so Double Blind Improv, the first time we performed it was uh, in March of 2014. Uh, that was at Die Laughing. And the first time it actually hit its home at Honey was uh, in May of that same year. So May 2014, we're coming up on... Awesome. Two years soon. That's great. Double Blind Improv is short form improv. Mm -hmm. We play a lot of different games during it, but Mm -hmm. the real catch for the show is that all of the structures are drawn randomly. And the way the structures are written, it has a number of performers each one needs, uh, and those will also be drawn randomly. Mm -hmm. So when we're going into the next game, we don't know what we're going to be playing next. We don't know who's going to be playing it. The performers will find out right as the host is saying what we're doing, exactly what they have to be ready for. So it's a lot of fun. It's really random. It's a little hard to prepare for because just having enough things in the hat for however quickly things will go and uh, depending on what gets drawn when. So it's a lot of fun putting everything together. Do you find that the the mechanic, the double blind mechanic, uh, how does it affect the energy of the show? It's it's interesting. It'll affect it in a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever a game's drawn, it's really genuine that the performers don't know what's coming up next. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some times where the host will 
when they draw the next game and draw the performers, they'll call the performers up before the they even announce what the game is. So the performers will be sure. up on stage anticipating, waiting, really like ready to go and then hear what the game is and just try to get into that mindset really quick. I think it keeps things moving quickly and I think it, that can keep the energy high. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if we're unlucky with how we draw, then somebody might not be on stage for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So I remember in the first couple of shows, there were people who, you know, we would draw their name and they would hop forward and be like, hey, I'm in the show. And it's like five or six games in, but then they get drawn for the next six or seven. Right. And as soon as they get drawn, some another performer will yell, hey, he's in the show. <laughs> and so it kind of creates this fun little dynamic. Yeah. But uh, just trying to make sure that everyone gets some stage time keeping things as random as possible though Mm -hmm. um it's an interesting balance as a performer and i'm guessing eric that you you also performs too am i correct Uh, i actually i'm the only one that prepares things at the moment okay so i usually when i'm on stage i'm hosting so then matt as Mm -hmm. the as a performer what do you think, like, how's the energy in the show compared to, like, other types of shows that you've done? It's, I, I love the show. It, it is one of my favorite things we get to do. It's one of uh, all the different comedy things we do. It's the one that feels least like work. Okay. I think because it is specifically set up to give you nothing to do ahead of time mm-hmm. right. <laughs> to, to get ready for it. Uh, and so you, you get to show up and be like, I'm going to have a blast with... Had five other people, some of whom I may have worked with before, some of whom I'll be meeting for the first time, you know, and that's a great way to meet someone is getting thrust into a scene with someone that you go, absolutely, Eric, for some reason, thought this person should be in this show. So I, I assume they're right for this kind of thing. Right. But and you like, know nothing about but I, I don't. I've never met them. And right. as you know, as a improv performer, like you, a lot of improv is trust. Yeah. And knowing that no one's going to, to pimp you out to the audience mm-hmm. and they're not going to leave you hanging and then, you know, the whole yes and thing and all that hippie shit that goes along with improv because not even not only just is the are the structures random and who's in the scene random but in a way who you're performing with is random which and i came from a long form background where usually what happens because i came up in the brave new workshop back when it was still on hennepin Mm -hmm. uh, i guess the other place in hennepin going through classes there what usually happens is you do a bunch of classes for a while and then that becomes your improv team so you've got six months a year of working with these people and getting better and then you started doing Six Ring Circus and putting in free improv go go or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you had this good solid background. And then with this show it's hi, I know maybe one or two other people. Maybe I know mm-hmm. everybody. Like that's how I met like Aaron for the first time was we just Aaron Kennedy. I, yeah, I'd never met her mm-hmm. before. We did a show together and now we're great friends. We've done projects together. We've mm-hmm. included her in some a podcast that we do. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Like what a cool opportunity to get to work with people that while you do, the improv community I find is very welcoming and uh, supportive, but you tend to know the people you're working with very well, and then you meet other groups. And right. then from that, you may form other groups. This is, a, for me at least, a unique show in that I am forced to immediately perform with people I've not met. And that is, it's not exactly a challenge because they're always really funny, but it is, I think, a unique opportunity, at least in my experience, to just get thrown on stage with someone and find out if you click in front of an audience, which mm-hmm. is really, really exciting. So that, again, keeps the energy very, very high. Sure. I think one of the really interesting things uh, for me about about how the random draw affects the show is uh, when I prepare a scene, mm-hmm. um, I try to plug it in with performer one, performer two, and just let how things are drawn dictate that mm-hmm. um, so that you know I don't want people getting pulled up on stage and then the host assigning each person their role. It's truly random. Right. One of my favorite just 
serendipitous moments was in one of our early shows, um, two of our friends, Nick and Molly Glover, uh, they're both incredibly funny. Um, in one scene when they got drawn, Nick was the lonely housewife and Molly was the jealous husband. Um, awesome. So they got to really play off of each other. And I mean, in pretty much any other show, when those when those two would have been in that scene, it would have been, it would have been you yeah. know, Nick being the husband and Molly mm-hmm. being the wife. And even just, if you'd scripted it, it would have been contrived to flip it. But when right. it's random... And the audience can tell. The audience can smell, smell bullshit. Oh, yeah. Uh, the audience uh, is always smarter than we are. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the audience, does the audience feel that sort of like, is there sort of like an, a nervous energy or is there, I mean, because typically speaking, the audience is incredibly supportive at improv mm-hmm. shows. They're, they're rooting for the performers to, to succeed. So does this add an extra layer that you've noticed at least for the audience to um, like you're, you're stepping either even further out onto the cliff, trying not to fall. <laughs> I think as far as the audience paying attention to how random things are throughout the show, it is built just, I don't know how to put it. Uh, just some common themes for some of the people that have been there for a while. Uh, one of our friends, Tim Wick, mm-hmm. um, he hates the games, the game questions only. He's incredibly good at it, but mm-hmm. he hates it. And every time he's drawn for that game, he gets very annoyed, like visibly annoyed that he was drawn for it. But when he was in the show for, I don't know, a couple months in a row or uh, over a certain amount of time, it started to become that when he would be drawn for questions, the audience would cheer. They would be they would be excited to see, like, does, does he get drawn for it? And he get, gets drawn, and they're they, just they could so see excited. It. It, yep. was like a, yeah. it was yeah, like they, a conversation that was mm-hmm. happening between him your and Your regulars get to know a little bit of your proclivities and go, okay, like, this person loves this game. This person hates this game. Sure. There are there are moments in that show where it's like, okay, and this next game will be for three performers, and it's going to be X. And then we're going to take Jim, and Jim's like, fuck! <laughs> it's like, that's the one that they are, that is outside their comfort zone. And, like, so you can get... The audience cheering or laughing before you've done anything, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if they've seen a few shows or they've just seen what you've done in the previous part of the show and where you're at, they know mm-hmm. you've just done the last four scenes and you're exhausted and you're clearly running out of gas. Yeah, and then here you come again, it's like, oh god damn it! And you know, then the people that finally get on stage, if you've been out for three scenes, you know, or three games, and you get called up, just the fact that you're on stage mm-hmm. will get applause because yeah. they're like, we get to see that person again, and it. it Improv audiences, as you guys know, are, are incredibly supportive. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. It is basically the opposite, in my experience, of like a stand-up audience. A stand-up audience, audience yeah. Stand-up audience is back, sitting back in your chair, arms crossed, impress me. Improv audience is leaning forward, you know, like, hands on knees, like, you got this, buddy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, they're all like parents at a Little League game, where they really, really <laughs> want you to do well, and at the end, even if you suck, you're all going to go out for ice cream. Like, that is the average improv audience, I think. And I think double-blind... Definitely brings that in, and it's it's really fun to watch new people come to the show. Like uh, there's this last show we did this week, a bunch of people I didn't recognize that maybe came because we had new performers, and it's fun to watch people experience that show for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you can see after a couple of games where they get into the rhythm of it, and then they start. You know, I use a lot of pro wrestling terms for comedy, but like they pop when someone comes in mm-hmm. or a, a certain thing happens, and it's just there's an energy to that room that I think is a little specific to maybe short form in general mm. or maybe our show, but it's neat to watch everybody kind of get on the same yeah. wavelength and enjoy it in the same way. It's really fun. As far as hearing the audience for the, the drawing, whenever mm-hmm. we start uh, getting ready between things, it creates an interesting build 
because we'll draw the game and everyone kind of gets, you know, a little bit of anticipation because now they know what we're doing next and who's going to be who's going to be in that game and mm-hmm. drawing the names one at a time and calling the performers up on stage mm-hmm. and they cheer for everybody coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does a nice kind of build to the start of the game that kind of keeps some energy up within the house. Mm-hmm. And that really helps. It helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And it adds a lot more opportunities to, again, compared to long form, especially for suggestions from the audience and participation, because mm-hmm. about every three to five minutes, you know, you've got your structure and sometimes it's a hundred percent. They're in this place. They're going to do this, but we need whatever the MacGuffin is mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And so like the audience stays engaged too, because they're all like, okay, here's my next chance to, sh- they're going to use my suggestion, you know? And like with long form, you get one at the beginning. Right. And you know, with short form, because you got that many more, you get more opportunities for people to feel like I made that scene funny because I said Walmart and that was clearly the best idea. (laughs) (laughs) You get to have those moments too. Oh, Walmart is always funny. (laughs) Uh, Honey has been your home for the, the Mm -hmm. uh, like an entire run. Honey's room is, is a pretty notoriously difficult room to play. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Most improvisers that I've spoken with that have played there, including myself, uh, <laughs> w- would agree that uh, you have to hit the stage hard with a lot of energy. You have to draw the audience in. Uh, there's some weird layout stuff. The sound mm-hmm. is difficult. The lighting is difficult. There are a lot of things that are tricky about that stage. Uh, it's a great venue. Mm-hmm. It's a great venue. They're very good to us. They're the yeah. They're amazing. But the stage itself is is hard. Yeah. How do you think your show like overcomes that? Because it sounds like you're able to draw the audience in quite well. I feel like so when we when we set up the stage, usually I'm on the front of the stage, kind of tucked in the corner. Mm-hmm. And we've recently been lucky, lucky, yeah, lucky enough to have musicians joining us Great. for the shows, and kind of prop them up on the corner near near the walkway that goes back towards the bathroom. Sure. And we have the performers actually off stage for most of the show. Mm-hmm. Off to that same side, uh, we have some chairs lined up for them. So every time we start something new, performers are entering the stage. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps keep a little bit of the focus. Um, we try to keep all the tables in the house forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I the back half there. of that room we clear yeah. so that you are oh, forced really? to sit up front. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because if you let people spread out in a room, it's Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're going to be in those couches in the back. Yeah, they like, are. So yeah, that I think is a really smart move on Eric's part to make sure like, no, no, like if you're going to be here, either you're going to stand at the back like a weird high school kid that's too cool for this, <laughs> or you're going to sit in a chair that's less than 15 feet from the stage. Mm-hmm. And that makes mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. difference. That helps keep the audience engaged. The performers, well, we don't usually have great opportunity for it. Uh, I have encouraged them that if it fits for the scene, you're welcome to enter the house. Mm-hmm. So if they need to go run out into the house or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very usable space. Yeah. Well, the uh, fact that the well, stage is only elevated two inches from yeah, the floor right. means it's not hard to hop off stage and go do something. Mm-hmm. But there's you know? also like they have that... Uh, they have a rope around the edge, front corner of the stage because I guess too many people tripped. Right. And then they have all their speakers up on front of the stage with cables between And then there's them the pillar. And the pillar. Um, which, every, we should point out, if, like, if you don't live in Minneapolis and listen to this, every theater in Minneapolis was never built to be a theater pretty right. much. Like, yeah. They're all no, converted true. from something. So I think everywhere we've ever worked has a random pillar somewhere yeah. <laughs> that just obliterates the sight line for you know, 8% of the audience. Yeah. And you know, the honey's no exception. Again, no, no knock on them. But like, you know, the Brian Lake Bowl, the Phoenix mm-hmm. Theater, which is the old Brave, New, or the old Brave New Workshop used to be in, the you know, honey, they all have 
random stuff that like if you sat down and built a theater you would never ever ever do this you would not mm-hmm. set right. the room up this way right so we all end up working in places that are converted parking garages or yeah. you know yeah. converted bowling alleys or just a bar mm-hmm. it was just a bar and they decided we could technically call this a stage and maybe more people will come and the challenges of that are I think I kind of forget about them now because it's just I'm used to that. Yeah. No room we go it's into so is long. ideal. Right. You just assume, well, this is the space I have, so I'm just going to show up and do my job, mm-hmm. and hopefully people will laugh still. But there, you know, Eric is. This is why it's great that Eric does the show because I don't have to think about that. I just get to show up and make <laughs> dick jokes. <laughs> He's got to do all the actual like you know hard thinking ahead of the whole thing. Sure. Has it ever happened that one of the performers or more than one uh, hasn't known a game? Yes. Oh, this story is going to make me sad. Um, no, it's it's not sad because of what happened. It's sad because of who it is. So a close friend of ours passed away uh, mm-hmm. a little over a year ago. Local comedian Bill Young. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill was a good friend. And at one point, he really was adamant about trying it, trying to do improv. And we had gone through it all the structures. was primarily a stand-up. Yes. Yeah, st- yeah, really good stand-up. Yeah, yeah. And we had gone through all of the structures. Uh, everybody knew all the structures ahead of time. And there was one structure in particular that we called Narrate, which is uh, a film noir mm-hmm. style game where each performer can step out to the audience and kind of declare things, uh, kind of give your inner monologue. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, mess with the other performer. In some ways, declare things, give your intent for whatever. It's a fun game, but when we announced that, immediately... Bill, uh, and he was on stage with our friend Salsa Sterling, Uh, Bill runs out into the audience and starts narrating what's going on at the scene (laughs) (laughs) and letting just Salsa try and pretty much mime out what's going on. So he's more or less describing the scene. Well, he just invented just a like, new game. He did, yeah. It was yeah, That's brilliant. It is. And at that point, um, for, for that one, I was just kind of out in the audience just monitoring everything and while it starts going a lot of the performers are looking over me just like shrugging like what the hell is going on like what's he doing and i'm just like what do you expect me to do i mean i can't i can't it's not like i can go up and be like no 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 this isn't how you're supposed to do it you're supposed to do it just i'm just gonna let it go yeah it's just right it it created its own weird beast and existed in that beautiful moment it was (laughs) It was very funny and very confusing. Um, it was an Andy and, Kaufman moment. Yeah, <laughs> No one knew um, who that was for. <laughs> but the beauty of it is that if a scene is going poorly or it's strange mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, it's only going to last a couple minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So as long as the performers just do their best and roll with it, then we got more stuff coming up soon. Yeah. So, yes, we have had performers just have no idea what's going on. And trying to explain the games ahead of time, like on stage, uh, the host actually, I have written out for each card a quick description so the audience gets it. Kind of that quick refresher so that the performer might be like, oh, I remember what this one is. Mm-hmm. And the similar games have different names depending on where right. you were taught. And yeah. so, yeah, it's like, what do you, oh, we call that one word story. We call it Shatner. We call it whatever. Like, it's right. got slightly different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all, it all depends. Um, and I feel like there are some people we've had in that, when I'll say like the name of a game, they'll just be completely confused. And when mm-hmm. I explain it, they're like, "Oh, yeah, I've done that." Yeah, that's, that's blah blah blah. Know, that's down in choice Philadelphia, choice, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. So um, we've had we've had a few flubs, and they have all been spectacular. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the mistakes are the fun part. Yeah, because 
luckily everyone's committed when yeah. something has gone strange or wrong they just they just commit and it's always been fantastic we should point so. out too part of what uh i think we talked about the idea of like making that room work and keeping the energy up and keeping yeah, people engaged. Right. Uh, part of that too is our usual host, uh, Patrick Bauer, mm-hmm. who uh, primarily a stand-up, although he actually performed as an improviser this week, which was a delight. That made me <laughs> super happy. Like having someone that has the chops to read a room mm-hmm. and yeah. comment on the previous thing in a way that usually gets an additional laugh and is also, you know, moves the show along and understands the timing. Like really having someone that knows how to own a mic and keep a show running smoothly mm-hmm. goes a long way so we have you know either Peabow or eric hosting and i think that keeps the games moving keeps the audience engaged right. and makes sure that like you said you have to like the audience doesn't know what the hell we're doing if we just got up and played games they'd be like okay i don't get why that scene was different than the one we just saw sure. mm-hmm. oh it's because they had to keep coming up with a new and color that's the or host's something, job. you know yeah and yeah. so like making sure that everybody to steal a phrase from like joseph scrimshaw is in that same joking envelope Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. the uh, the host is very important for that, and I think we have a really good one. Like I think Peabow is is excellent at that. Then yeah, if things go a little sideways, you hang a lantern on it, make that another joke, yeah, <laughs> and you know, off right. we go on to the next one. Like there's there's that theory that like nothing can go wrong up here, and like shit goes wrong up here all the time. Right. <laughs> and and if you're lucky, you get to laugh at it on two levels. Then and that's right too. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing how many times I've pulled an extra laugh out of a scene just afterwards, just looking at the audience and saying, well. That happened. Yep. <laughs> and then moving on and everyone gets to laugh because everyone knows that that was very strange mm-hmm. and like, I went thought a place that was I didn't weird. expect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they just kind of embrace it. They enjoy it. And yeah. And I feel like they fresh. get a hint of the idea of like we're in on it. Yeah. You know, which is something I've always really liked. Uh, and I, not to get too far up my own ass here, but like when I do any kind of performing, given the option... If I can make whatever I'm doing a little more true, a little more vulnerable, a little more of you actually get to know a little bit of me, I always like doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think this show is one where because we own our mistakes or if there's a little hiccup in something, you know, it becomes like, yeah, and they can go, wow, like they can kind of see the process. There's a little bit of the strings visible on the marionette. Mm -hmm. And obviously you don't want to have an unprofessional show where you're half-assing it. That's not the issue. Right. Like, you know, Eric puts together a really tight show. We have a good host. We have great improvisers. But we're not afraid of the little peek behind the curtain. And I think mm-hmm. that is, that jazzes the audience a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit, did you Definitely. see that? Like, we just got to, you know, God, it's like you, when you get to well, a concert, they, you get to hear the band warm up. And they like, feel oh, like you're in on it with you anyway. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and like now you're all on a team. And again, yeah. that's that whole improv audience thing. Yeah. where they tend to be on your side more than like you know, you know, it's a much more uh, cooperative thing. Right. Not only on stage, but between the audience and the stage. Well, and I always, I always like those genuine moments where you see the performers having a lot of fun with what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when a performer can make another performer break. That mm-hmm. always makes me happy. Well, the, this last week, when uh, during the bank heist thing in directors, when the two of you went for the oh, pull the money yeah. from behind the ear at the same time, and the audience went batshit because it was one of those moments that, like, you guys just happened to hit a wavelength. And he's talking about Philip and another person. And Peter, yeah, because yeah. yes. Philip was in the show. Yes, this, show. this week's show. But yeah, like, but there was that thing of like, you both had the idea of like, if we're going to talk about this and we're magicians, we should try to pull something from behind the other guy's ear. Is the shittiest magic trick ever. And because you both went for it at the same time, you were like, ah! And the audience was like, whoa! And they're like, we just watched this like white light improv moment. And everybody, I think, because of the nature of improv in the show, like they celebrate that success 
just as much as the performers mm-hmm. are excited to have had that success of like what a serendipitous moment that you can't obviously it's improv plan for but you love it when right. it's happened it was yeah. so much mm-hmm. fun and, um, and again the audience could smell it if you had mm-hmm. planned that right yeah. or if right. you had like nod and winked and like one two <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was just, it was, oh, God, it was a beautiful moment. One of my Damn. favorite moments where a performer broke uh, was one of our really early performances. It was maybe only the third or fourth time we were at Honey. And uh, Matt was in a game with our friend David, and it was Living Scenery. And in that game, two people are performing and two people are props. Right. And uh, I think Mana and Emily were props. I think and, you know which one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Matt and David were stranded on a uh, on an island trying to figure out a way off. And at one point, I think it was Matt said something like, uh, maybe we can use the mast from the ship. And Emily steps forward and puts her arms up to be the mast from the ship. And David just says, I don't know, that looks really heavy. And she puts her arms down, glares over at him for a second, like... Did you really just call me heavy? <laughs> and then she like sighs and puts her arm back up. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we should just leave the mast alone. Uh, and then just continued the scene. But just seeing her little break, moments like that, it, like it was, yeah. it was great. Which is an interesting thing that I've run into a couple times uh, because I'm, I always think if there's a thing that can wring a laugh out of an audience, take it. And that's in some ways really bad improv. If you're going to step outside what you're doing and acknowledge that we're doing a show. Um, and I, I by no means claim to be a good improviser. I love doing it, but I'm not a good one. But but the opportunities like that to go, you know, we're making or if you get a reference like we that someone's making a personal reference that if you know enough of the performers, you know that specific performer, you might be able to make a joke that is works in the scene, but also has a secondary level of funny because yeah, of the right. reference. Mm-hmm. And taking that moment to have that like blink blink or the wry look to the audience or you you know something with the other performer. There are, you know, there's this school of thought of, no, 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 you stay in the scene, you play the truth of the scene, you just, you would keep moving and let the audience either get it or not. And like, or you can acknowledge that moment and make it part of the fun and like the whole like wink and nod. You don't want to be Jimmy Fallon, you know, or Jack Black, but you can, you know, there's there's a weird, there's a spectrum there that is hard to figure out. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely gotten dinged like back at the Brave New Workshop where like John Hans would be like, don't acknowledge that someone said something weird, just go with it. And I'm like, but it's fucking ridiculous like how do we not point it out like and you know like and that's fine like i think that is perfectly valid and great and whether you know either side of that spectrum i'm okay with people doing i just know which one works for me or that i prefer and i feel like again like the structure we have allows that kind of meta conversation to happen as Mm -hmm. long as it's not like am i right every time you say something witty Mm -hmm. you know like there's a there's a level of that that gets nauseating but (laughs) there um, does seem to be a little bit more room for that in short form I think so. It's a little bit, a little part of it. He speaks. This is weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> we'll just keep referring to it so you can. Remember that time the other guy talked? So, uh, last question: What drew each of you guys to doing comedy in the first place? And is that still what keeps you motivated? Oof. <laughs> so, uh, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. Um, that's always been something that I loved. Uh, but specifically several years ago, one of my friends was in vilification tennis and he had, uh, he had mentioned that I should try out. And I told him that, uh, my first reaction was, no, I couldn't write material like that. Mm -hmm. And that just stuck in my head. It drove me crazy that I told myself that I couldn't write something. Mm -hmm. 
So I started doing that. I started writing for it and uh, went through the amateur show, which is the worst audition ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not make it easy to get into that show. No. <laughs> it's uh, really cruel. The amateur show is basically, hey, do the show. And if you're good enough, we'll let you in. In front of an audience um, for the first time for an hour and a half. Yeah. So Good luck, fucker. And we, <laughs> we do everything we can to support them. We love everyone that tries out, but it is really brutal. Mm-hmm. It's very. I would not be in the show if I'd had to do that. I got in before that started, and that's awesome for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also have horrible stage fright. So it was a challenge there. So a lot of the stuff that I... A lot of my start was really, what are things that I feel like I can't do or shouldn't do? And mm-hmm. I'm going to do them. Mm-hmm. And getting up on stage and getting that first laugh in that show uh, was such a rush. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of that rush of adre- adrenaline from being nervous about being on stage and getting great response from the audience from being on stage. Just all of that together just makes me very excited to perform. And I've just been grabbing any chance I get in any direction to do more comedy. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a better use for my time than doing things like playing video games or watching movies or mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I would usually use to fill time that just I really don't have time for anymore. I miss mm-hmm. those um, things sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but in general, filling my time with doing performing has been a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. So I think the challenge is what drew me to comedy and then just the joy uh, from it is what keeps me in comedy. Hmm. I've always, I was always like the class clown kid, which is probably a familiar story for the folks you asked this question to. But uh, the, I mean, the truth of that is that like I use humor to process things and to mm-hmm. deal with life. Right. Um, I have incredibly bad social anxiety, and uh, the second I step off stage, the, the scariest thing in the world to me is that sometimes someone in the audience will walk up and say, "Hey, good show," and like <laughs> I don't know what to. I forget how to dog completely at that moment. <laughs> I just don't know what to do. And so I, I come off as just like completely awkward and an idiot. Well, I mean, I am. And so the, the idea that when, for some reason to me, if I'm on stage and there's stage and audience, no problem at all, nothing mm-hmm. gets in my way. Mm-hmm. Things make me uncomfortable or I'll be like, oh, that's, I don't know if this is going to work, but you know, I'll, I'll do it. Whereas if you put me in a, like a normal social situation, like a party with 10 people at it, if I don't know all 10 already, I would probably find an excuse not to go because I don't want to have to make small talk because I don't get terrified of it. And so for me, this is a way to actually get out and one, have a blast because doing comedy is great, but it's also the way I process the world and my place in it. And so while improv is a little more prescriptive of uh, being able to force your content into something, it does give you an outlet for a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of, if, you know, if you're having a shitty day or a great day, all that stuff can be funneled into whatever you're doing on stage, even if it's unrelated from the thing that you're taking to the stage with you. And if you're doing your job right, the audience doesn't know what brought you there or how you were feeling when you were there. But at the end of the show, you might get some relief because you got this moment to express something whether or not it's the exact thing you're thinking of you got to just be and improv of course lets you do a bunch of different things each time and uh as a guy who's really really bad at preparing things and writing things uh, i had pretty much the exact opposite like comedic process of eric <laughs> i love it when i don't have to write something at a time if i can just show up on the day and be like we got this what are we doing i don't care whatever tell me on stage we're fine like i love that and the idea that you can just you know we work at the Renaissance Festival. The idea you can just you know draw a line in the dirt and just start, and you've got everything you need right there, and like, that's really really exciting. That's I think what keeps me doing 
uh, what keeps me doing improv and what kind of keeps motivating me is like I have that weird mental illness that keeps me looking for the approval of strangers. Like, you know, <laughs> I feel really good when people laugh at something I did. And then I don't want to talk to them afterwards because that's just scary. <laughs> but like, it's, I guess I can count it as social interaction. And so, uh, yeah, like that's become the thing that has been a driving focus then in my life going on is over the years. Uh, I, I did a little bit of improv when I auditioned for the Minnesota Renaissance Festival and Butch Roy taught mm-hmm. the improv chunk of uh, the academy training we did. And honestly, I think I would not have done improv if it were not for that because I'd never had any knowledge of it or interest in it. Mm-hmm. But after we got done, he's like, you should really go maybe see about taking a class or something at the workshop. I feel like you've got kind of a knack for this. And so I did. And that was... 20 years ago now and I've been doing stuff on and off and all these different things and the other thing that Butch gave me that I has always stuck from back at that time was uh, if you're scared you're growing so go towards your fear go towards what's freaking you out go towards what you're uncertain of mm-hmm. and learn it get better at it find out you can do it and again improv is all about that having the uncertainty and not being safe and trusting it'll all go okay and at the end of the day as I tell people when we have a bad show bombing is good for the soul Mm-hmm. The most important lesson you can learn is, man, we just ate shit for 30 minutes up there. But now we're fine. We all just go home and have dinner and nothing changed. Like, it, it's okay. We're terrified of it. And it doesn't matter. And there's life lessons that I work on applying <laughs> from that that are a lot harder sometimes in the real world as opposed to on stage. But um, I feel like that's kind of what comedy gives me. And that's what keeps me coming back for more is it kind of refills the tank that lets me put up with a day job. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who nobody wants to put up with. <laughs> Sweet sec, bro. <laughs> Is he going to talk for the second time? Now's the time of the show where I throw the microphone over to Philip Simondet for a brand new segment that we call... Philip's Corner! It's Philip's Corner! <laughs> I want to do jazz hands, but no one can see them. Do them anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thanks. By the way, if you call them spirit fingers, I hate you. <laughs> Do spirit uh, fingers. No, I got opinions on this. Jazz hands only. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Uh, well, welcome to Philip's Corner. Uh, let's step off the stage of the interview and uh, let's just have some t- small talk, you guys. Cool. All right. <laughs> Everyone's comfortable with this, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stare and make uh, dramatic eye contact. Go read this is right. Excellent radio. Yeah. Well, it's important because I'm going to read the question written on the back of your skull. Eric. Philip. What's the right amount of time to heat a burrito in a microwave? <laughs> the right amount of time to heat a burrito in a microwave. Well, I think it depends on the size of the burrito, but in general, I'm going to say probably about a minute and 40. 90 seconds. Six seconds. A minute forty-six. Wow. Yeah. Is this is this frozen burrito or is this not no, frozen? frozen? No. That, what kind of burrito is this? Like a, like you um, like you assembled it yourself. Oh, but it's cold. Why would I assemble a cold burrito? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. For that. Well, why are you mar- why are you microwaving a, a warm burrito? That's. Oh, are you guys playing questions? <laughs> Tim Wick's going to hate this. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I'm, I'm going to step I'm, back. I'm, fully explain this okay. burrito experience to me. All right. All right. Um, so I'm thinking that I probably went out to Taco Bell and ordered some stuff and then uh, didn't eat all of it and put some of it in the fridge. Okay. So now I have a burrito that is cold. Yeah. Not, not, not room temperature, but cold burrito. Yeah. 
Um, then once you once you have that, it's probably still going to be in the wrapper. You've probably got some stuff in there that takes longer to heat, like some refried beans or something like that. It's a little more a uh, little more resistant to heating up and more like napalm once it's already hot. So throw it in the microwave on a plate, which is very important because otherwise you're going to burn yourself on the probably molten contents of the burrito versus the probably partially still cold contents because let's face it it's a burrito Mm. um you throw it in there for i'm gonna say a minute 46 i'm gonna stick to my guns sure and then hope that uh hope that by the time you carry it to wherever you're going probably down to you know computer or something like that that it's had time to even out the heat a little bit I yeah. think that's that's about good. You know, when it's fully explained, a minute 46 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You kind of won me over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, guys, is it covered or not? Oh. Ooh, do you put a... Well, it's in the wrapper well, yeah, still. Yeah, I'd say you leave it in the wrapper. It's not exactly covered. If it's wrapped, it's covered. Is it? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. it's surrounded on all sides. But I mean, is, it, is that an effective cover? Like the way you would like put a lid on something on the stove to make sure the heat... Is hotter? Like, does the wrapper add? I don't that think much that's what covers insulation? are in a microwave. I, I think well, the no, cover is just so could... that it doesn't explode all over yeah. oh, inside okay. the microwave. So you're looking more of a cleanup factor. I'm, right. look, I'm looking so that it actually, uh, you don't have that dry, crusty outside. Like putting a little water in with like the ground beef, yeah, and right. So it maintains the moisture. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about like a Taco Bell burrito here. I think it's. <laughs> I, I don't know how much you're going to be able to avoid that. Well, if you covered you just it, kind of got to hope. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self: yeah. Cover burritos. Clearly, yeah. Matt, yes. What's a life hack that you don't think we know about? <laughs> um, the one, the, the, this one, I was really happy to discover by accident, and then uh, given the uh, architectural opportunity, I continued to use. Um, but I found in uh, my last house that uh, there was a, a heat vent in the bathroom. And I found by accident by doing it one day that if you leave your towel on that whilst taking a shower or whatever, when you get out, your towel is not only dry, it is warm. And, you know, in Minnesota in February, getting out of a really nice hot shower, the hot shower feels amazing. We have about six seconds of like afterglow from that before the reality of the shitty place you've chosen to live sets in. And so you're trying to towel off as quickly as possible. That whole process becomes much more fun if the towel itself is warm because it's got that like almost like the out of the dryer feel yeah. and you're like yeah i've made good life choices today i mean i'm up at 6 30 going to a shitty day job i hate but i feel pretty okay for right now and it, it makes the idea of because to me the in the winter going from warm shower to fully clothed and comfortable again it's a short amount of time but it's not a fun amount of time right and this i found made that much more bearable so that's i think the only life hack i feel like i have discovered uh, for myself, and that may be something that everybody else knew about. I didn't. I was like thirty something when I discovered that. So, so everyone, hang your towel in that's bathroom. Yeah, it <laughs> so specifically it only on. seems to work in my bathroom. It's weird. Um, do you cover it? <laughs> <laughs> the vent. No, yes. the towel <laughs> yeah. wraps around you. It's yeah. a wrap around you towel. Yeah, the towel is the cover. I am the burrito. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh, you you use the word afterglow. Yes, in there somewhere. So, from our final question. Oh, would you both please sing a song from Everclear's album? I was hoping album. you were going to go to Everclear. Well done. <laughs> so much for the afterglow. Okay. Uh, oh, is that... Mm, we can we live beside the, the ocean. ocean. Uh, leave it <laughs> all behind. Swim when I'm past the, the breakers. And watch, watch the world die. Die. Okay. Ooh. So now from the top. One, two, three, four. 
Are there more lyrics? We'll just start from that. Oh, just the same part? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, four. We... Oh, it did, you planned it, you guys. You can't do oh. that. The audience knows. No, you're right. You're right. I feel like I we can live beside the ocean. Leave it all behind. Swim out past the breakers. Watch the world die. Yay, thank you. That has been Philip's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are you guys ready to do some improv? Sure. Next up, Alright, so I have a handful of short form games that we can play. So the first one that um, actually I will let uh, Matt host, host this okay. while uh, the other three of us play is called Quick Change. Alright. So the way this works is while we're doing our scene, anytime Matt says change, we have to change the last thing that we said. Let's just get a place. Just any location. Sure. Uh, Non-geographic? Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, let's say gas station. Do you guys have any diet soda? I need, I need diet sodas. Well, I can, I can check in the back. Could you get be, I don't want to be a pain, but like, you know, I got this thing. My wife's been nagging me. So if I don't lose some weight, you know, she's... Change. Uh, you know, I got this thing. My wife's been nagging me. If I don't, uh, if I don't come home, I'll speed it up on the uh, aspartame. I got this thing. My wife's been nagging me. If I don't come home with this diet soda, she's going to complain that I think that uh, she's getting too skinny and she has this whole anorexia pass and it gets weird. And then I don't get to have dinner because you got to serve food in a bowl, not in a plate. It's weird. I'll go check. We might have some in our, uh, we might have some hidden behind the Doritos. Change. We might have some hidden between the Snickers. Change. We might have some that is just kind of nestled behind the beer to keep it safe. That does remind me, I could get some beer as long as I'm here, because then I can give her the diet soda, I could sneak the beer. That actually sounds like that might improve my night. You're almost like a therapist. You're a really good gas station attendant. Well, you know, they've got that, uh, that low-calorie beer you could get for her instead. Oh, my God. It's Change. Like, oh, my God. Ew. Change. Oh, my God? Why aren't you wearing pants? Well, I mean, it's... it's, it's Change. Well, it's drafty in here. Change. It's very warm. Okay, that's fine. I just feel like most people would just wear a lighter, you know, like a short sleeve shirt. They wouldn't just remove their pants as their first option. I'd, it's a bold move. Change. Uh, I mean, I just feel like most people would just, you know, like take off their stocking cap Change. or something. I feel like most people would at least uh, wrap like a towel around themselves or something just to be out in public. Well, the sign says no shirt, no shoes, no service, so clearly pants don't matter. Oh, you're a goddamn rules lawyer. <laughs> Son True. of a bitch. I work at a gas station. Oh, I gotta God. have something. You lulled me into a false sense of security with your sage-like wisdom about diet sodas and low-calorie beers, only to prove you're a pedantic dick. I hate you now, and I don't want to participate in this business. <laughs> that escalated quickly. That's fair. You still need to pay for your gas. Sir. Oh, God Change. damn it. That's fair, but if you're going to leave here, you're going to have to buy something. Change. You use the bathroom, so I mean, technically, you gotta buy something. That was kind of the agreement. Fine, I'll get some of the low-calorie beer, some of the diet soda, and you know what? I'm gonna actually go buy you one of those towels off the rack that you're supposed to use as like a shimmy. Ding, 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 ding. That's really dumb. Another game that we have that Philip played on Thursday is called Two Phrase Vocabulary. So I'm gonna give this. Uh, can Philip and I try quick change real quick? Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, just, just, let's okay. Try it. I, I don't know if this is gonna break my brain or not. Yay! Yeah. Matt, you want to call the change? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. You are at the supermarket. Okay. Uh, sweetie. Yes. Do you want to to go generic on this? We need to save generic money. cantaloupe. Why would I want generic cantaloupe? Just like. 
Just saving money for the trip. No, you know I only want the genuine, perfect product cantaloupe. Change. You know that I only want name brand cantaloupe. Change. You know that I only want cantaloupes that match my breasts. Okay. Okay, babe. Uh, we'll come over here. I got some, some comparing to do. All right. None of these are as firm. None of these are as firm as your breasts, sweetie. Yes. <laughs> We don't get to have pie. we don't get to have have cantaloupe today. That's unacceptable. Okay, I'll keep looking. You can let go of me now. No, I change. Can, you you can stop squeezing so hard. Change. Squeeze harder. Okay, but when I do that, I also ruin this cantaloupe. Change. I, I, okay, uh, just push it right into you. <laughs> change. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> you know, I could use a. I need help with this. Is there a Excuse me, stock boy. Okay, you better focus on me, too, because I'm almost there. Okay, okay. <laughs> how, how can I help you? Okay, I need to find some cantaloupe that are exactly like my wife's breasts here. He looks exactly like you. I could look at either one of you, and this is wonderful. No, I'm not a fruit expert. So Change. You, now, I know how things feel, but not how they taste. Change. I think your hands... Are very strong, and I would love it if you would just look at the find size a melon, of his forearms. Please. Oh yeah, you must well, masturbate I, a lot. I think you're going to need a pair of melons. Change. Um, I could find you a melon. Change. Well, actually, I do masturbate a lot. Change. My hands, they're they're very strong. Change. Mm-hmm. Well, I can juggle if that helps. Oh yes, Derek, let go of my breasts. I will make room for the professional. <laughs> please. It, Sanderson. Please, is that's your, your name? Yes, actually. Sanderson, is. latch on. <laughs> Dang. Oh, <we're> <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. broke, broke your brain. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was fun. I, I love that your instinct, both of you, is to just get really quiet. <laughs> just both of you just instantly just go into NPR voice as soon as the scene starts. And it's like, Jesus, fuck, that's the opposite instinct I have. That's amazing. Today, we'll, we will be buying cantaloupes and comparing them to breasts. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of places to go when you start quiet. This segment uh, sponsored by Whole Foods. Uh, you douchebags with uh, filthy knitted dread sacks can pay too much for the same food. This segment sponsored by I were glass. <laughs> so let's hop into uh, two phrase vocabulary. Sure. Um, in this game, two of the performers are going to have two phrases that they can say. Mm-hmm. They can't say anything else. Um, and one of the performers can say whatever they want. So I'm going to let Philip say whatever he wants. And do you want to give this a shot? Mm. <laughs> That's a yes. There's literally two sure. sentences yeah, that you okay. can say. All you have to do is right. pick sure. which sentence to say. <laughs> so you can say, I've got it, coach. And are you sure? Okay. And I can say, we can do that. And how do we do that? And (laughs) the scene is that uh, you are the coach and we are your star star players in the locker room before the big game. Great. Boys, get in there. Got it, coach. We can do that. All right. Look, huddle up. First quarter, not going so hot. Are you sure? Yes. Are you even watching the same game as me? How do we do that? Look, you need your head in the game, Troy. All right, I need you here, one hundred percent. I got it, Coach. We can do that. Yes, be more like Mitch. All right, Troy, Mitch, look. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. 
All right? I need you to fucking focus on the game, okay? I know that there's that? some... Look, I know there's some personal shit between you two, but I need you to just drop it for now, okay? We can do that. I got it, coach. Good. Okay? Fantastic. All right? Now, look. This other team, they're big, bad motherfuckers. Are you sure? Are you watching the same game? Yes. Look, they've got us outweighed by 300 pounds, at least. You sure? Okay, no, I didn't weigh them, but it looks they look huge compared to us, okay? We're just a little Montessori school of pussies. But they, big public beasts, okay? And How do we could, do that? How do we take down the beast? With our brains, Troy. Are you sure? Yes. We, we can, can do out, that? Yes. We can outwit them. Okay. How do we do that? You hit him low. You hit him low. You hit him hard. Got it, coach. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're not buckos for nothing. Okay. We are the Bronson Bucko Montessori School. And are you sure? (laughs) Quite frankly, no. Okay. I just know that it's it's BBM, and I filled in the the rest. I'll, I, it's BBM on my coach's shirt, and I'm pretty sure that I have that. But no, I'm not entirely sure. Guys, what I'm sure about is we need to win this fucking game. Uh, are you sure? How do we do that? It, we need to to build our confidence. And ironically, we do that by having confidence, okay? They're bigger. They're badder. But we're bucko We can do that. I yeah. got it, coach. And scene. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd be the Bronson Pinchos. <laughs> if I knew what that meant, I was I an actor, the guy from yeah. like, uh, the 80s. Perfect Strangers. Yeah, he was in mm. uh, like Beverly Hills Cop yeah. 2 or something. Something like that, yeah. 3, maybe? A lesser Beverly Hills Cop. Sure. Beverly Hills Cop 5. Yes, The Reckoning. <laughs> I really love that game. It gets The person who can say anything always gets so frustrated. Matt, you want to play some Alphabet? Uh, sure. Let's get you and Philip playing Alphabet. All right. So the way alphabet works is they're going to try to get through an entire scene. Whenever one of them talks, they're going to use the next letter of the alphabet to right. start whatever they're saying, and then and they start, talk for as long they as they start on a letter that's not A, right? Uh, it depends on what what suggests. So oh, okay. probably not going to be A. And they try to get all the way back around to where they started. Matt, what's something you bought at the store recently? Cat food. Cat food. Your scene's about cat food, mm. and I'm going to have you start with M. Mary, the cat. Looks a bit more emaciated than usual. Do you know anything about that? No. No, I've been feeding it just like always. Okay, see, you say that, and yet you have a weird, smug look on your face, and I'm inclined not to believe you. Paul, you caught me. Our cat is fat. I put him on a diet. Quit calling the cat fat. It can hear you. Right. The cat can hear me. Hey, fatty. <laughs> Shh! Look, that was the most depressed meow I've ever heard. It's not the cat isn't fat. It's 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 husky. So we just had some technical difficulties and lost a significant portion of our improv and our outro. So now we're going to do it again. Fuck you, audience. <laughs> was that necessary? Sidebar. Sidebar. Wasn't that was that necessary? What part? The, the <laughs> fuck you to our audience. Well, it just went along with everything else I was saying. Oh, so it was. Okay. Sidebar yeah. over. Yeah. Sidebar over. As long as you can justify it. Okay. So let's play some alphabet. All right. Let's have uh, Matt and Philip play alphabet. 
Let's get something that you bought recently. Cat food? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I did buy other stuff. Uh, I bought distilled water. Distilled water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's start with... Let's start with O. Oliver, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I'm pretty sure a homemade still is illegal. Please. I can do what I want. It's a fucking free country. (laughs) Quit swearing. You're freaking out the cat. Besides, I don't... Free doesn't mean you can literally do anything you want. Read the Constitution, okay? I've skimmed it, and I'm pretty sure I can do whatever the fuck... I want skimmed it, and that makes you an expert in constitutional law now. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. Trust me, okay? It's in there. Unlikely that it says in the Constitution that you specifically get to make a still, even though that's illegal, because it's a fucking free country, and I quote, a fucking free country. I, I'm pretty sure that it's not in the Constitution. I don't think the Constitution's even all that long. Voting gives me the power to do whatever I want. I vote my mind. And I do what I please. Whatever you want often seems to be illegal and or stupid. I, I, I feel like that's kind of not... I mean, okay, maybe that is kind of the point of the Constitution is to let you do stupid, illegal things. Oh, my God. Now I'm all turned around. Xavier, you don't have to understand these kind of things because you have me, okay? <laughs> trust me. It's a fucking free country. You keep telling me to trust you, Oliver, and I keep ending up getting in trouble. I mean... The last time I went along with your scheme, what was that? It was a, a, a churro stand? I, I lost a ton of money on that. That's a terrible idea. Zoinks! You're going to bring that up again? Okay. Absolutely, I'm going to bring that up again. Like, uh, I finally got my credit rating back to something respectable. Big deal. Credit is a myth. Credit is not a myth! How do you think we got this house? We had to put it under my name because I was the only one that had good credit. Don't, 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 okay? Don't, don't lord that over me. Enough with the credit stuff. Fine. Look, can we can we just do something normal? If we need a way to make extra money, couldn't we? We one of us can get a part time job. Fuck that. <sighs> That's not my American dream. God damn it! I hate you so much sometimes. Hey, Xavier, chin up. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I do- I, I don't think I can. I think that's, that's kind of the thesis of my argument is I can't do whatever I want. There are things I'd like to do that I, I, they just they don't make any practical sense and they might not even be legal. Just do what I do then. I mean, literally, whatever I want to do, do that. Keep doing exactly what you're doing all the time. How is that going to help anything? If, we do, if you're doing something stupid and I do it too, that just doubles the problem. Let me worry about that, okay? I'm the one that knows the Constitution. My God. It's, it's like talking to the cat. <laughs> it might as well be talking to the cat. It, it's like you don't even, you're not even listening to the words I'm saying. You're, just, you're so focused on doing your ridiculous schemes. That... <sighs> now, if you'll excuse me, I need to wipe my ass with an American flag. <laughs> of course you're going to. Of course. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I love that the cat came back. <laughs> so going along with the sound effects you've been making... Um, I think Matt and I are going to play a game of sound effects with Philip and Matt. Oh, we lost that sound one. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we did. We lost the being attacked by giraffes and congested giraffes. Yeah. I did so many sound effects. <laughs> Pick a scene. You are you uh, using donkeys to go down the uh, Grand Canyon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, the view from up here is really great. I mean, yeah, I guess. I just, 
I don't know. I really wanted to go someplace a little more exciting. You you don't think riding donkeys is exciting? I mean, the donkeys are neat, but I mean, we're really just spending an entire day looking at a hole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's a great hole. Like, what? Look, I'm, not not you. Uh, now watch. I'm gonna take this rock and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it over the edge and just watch it fall. Ready? I guess wow. I was waiting for more to happen, but it's really far, so I suppose we're not even gonna hear it. Hit. <laughs> Holy shit! See. I don't know if that was safe. Maybe we shouldn't be chucking rocks off the edge of the Grand Canyon. I mean, it was just like a pebble. Well, I know, but clearly it had some kind of lasting... Uh-oh. Um, oh, good. Great. Now you've set off some kind of alarm. We're on... Oh, awesome. Okay, so... Uh, there's not enough room to even turn the donkeys around to try to get away from this. All right, uh, let's wave at the helicopter. Just smile and wave. No. Totally normal to us. Hi. Hello. On the donkey. Yes. Damn it. I'm not moving at all. The donkeys are. Yeah, that's. He's got a point. Hold your donkeys. <laughs> I, can you. I, phrasing? Can you control donkeys? I, I hadn't tried before. Don't they just kind of do what they want? I felt like they just sort of followed the little path. Do not take any steps further or we will open fire. Okay, how do you. Where's the brakes on a donkey? Um, if I stand still, can you just shoot the donkey? Oh! That seems really over like that's horrible. You have ignored our instructions. Oh, no, we're we're just deciding how to best obey them, sir. Okay, I'm uh, somehow Did our donkeys just deflate? I think were so. Were these fake donkeys? I thought we totally got screwed by that guy. I was paying for authentic do- Oh, man, we don't get delicious donkey meat now that they're dead. This is bullshit. I guess they were just following that you track. You are under arrest for using fake donkeys. Uh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, uh, what's this we? Uh, if you'll take a, you'll, you'll notice that the receipt belongs squarely in Carl's pocket here. These are his donkeys. Show us your receipt right now. I didn't get a receipt. You, you guys get a receipt from the donkey if guy? If you don't show us a receipt right now, we will send homing missiles at you. Oh. This seems like the, I didn't have um, any idea there was this I've, much security. I've got an idea. If you, if you shoot, I'm going to throw another pebble down into the canyon. Oh, shit. Well, shit. Ha! Um, well, now we're just in like a Mexican... Sta- Is that racist if we're say we're in a Mexican standoff? We have You're now under okay. arrest for racism. Oh, damn it. Okay, that one's on me. That's, That's my bad. My bad. Sorry. Sorry about the donkeys. Right. Wait, no. Mexican standoff comment. Fuck. Okay. So you admit to the donkeys. No! Why am I so self-incriminating? All right, I'll, I'll miss you. Uh, what? You're just going to abandon me here? Pretty much, yeah. God damn it. I hate Carl. I guess you just got to climb up the rope. It's, seems like I wouldn't really want to help him out, but I'm nothing if not law-abiding. See you later, John. I never was good at climbing the rope in gym class. We're doing pretty well getting up onto this helicopter. I gotta say, I'm a little more proud of myself than I expected to be given hey the circumstances. Hey, man. Thanks for coming so easily. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a giver. What can I say? Uh, you you want to go to a stone, uh, Cold Stone Creamery? Oh, my God. Finally, someone's had a good idea. Fucking hole in the ground and donkeys. This is bullshit. Do you say something up there? Nope, nothing, Carl. Off to go on your. Oh, never mind. You don't have a donkey anymore. Should we? Uh, should we just send some? Uh, some send some missiles out after him. Uh, yeah, that's more humane than letting him just die in the sun. I feel. <laughs> oh no. I feel like that one ended fairly similar to the previous one. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that's true. You died in the last one too. That's <laughs> true. Even <laughs> even throwing you under the bus, you still got to go to Cold Stone. It's true. Yeah. Maybe that says more about you than it does about me. <laughs> he fails that way. <laughs> All right. So let's let's ask some questions. Yay. Let's get a location that is probably not the awesome location of <laughs> Cereal Factory. The, oh, yeah, the Cereal Factory. Uh, one of those bouncy gyms, you know, the oh, with the, all the trampolines. The places that's like all trampolines? Yeah, where everybody like tears their ACLs. Whoa. Is this a real thing? Yeah. That went dark quick. It seems terrible. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're really fun, but people land in the middle part. Yeah, I would think that would be a constant. Every once in a while, and it like just fucks up their legs. Huh. Because it's like dozens of trampolines. It's a whole trampoline room. It sounds like the best and worst idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. You having fun? Boing. Have you seen my ACL? Boing. Boing. Did you know you can play dodgeball in Boing. here? Did you know they can just go missing completely? I literally have not seen my Boing. ACL in some time. Where did you last see it? Wasn't it over there in the corner with the really big trampoline? How would I know where your ACL is? Wait, did you say we can play dodgeball in here? Yes. dude are you okay what seems to be the problem what is wrong with your knees doesn't your knee do that what (laughs) (laughs) how long have you been bouncing in here is it still the 14th wasn't that last week have I been in here for over a week how are you still awake do you ever get the feeling time is just an illusion anyway? Have you been doing a lot of flips? Do I seem like a guy that's been flipping recently? Wouldn't that mess with how clearly you perceive time? Does my consciousness seem expanded? Doesn't it seem a little contracted? Don't you think you're thinking inside the box too much? Isn't this whole room a box full of trampolines? Did you just come here to blow my mind? Didn't I come here to bounce on trampolines? Do you think that's all this is about? Is there anything else? Why wouldn't you look for something deeper? Do you mean like dodgeball? Does that give your existence meaning? Do you have to have meaning to play dodgeball? Can you be happy without it? Aren't you always happy on trampolines? Would you play dodgeball with me? Would you ask that more sexily? Would you believe this is as sexy as I get? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So all this bouncing make you got to poop too? Why would you ask a complete stranger that? Isn't it nice to connect on some level? Do you really feel like this is establishing a rapport? Is there a better way to make small talk? Do you think you could start with hi my name is or something like that? Could that be any more pedestrian? Do you have something against people that walk places? Why are you trying to fight with me right now? Do I look like the kind of guy that started this conversation? No, no. Do you, do you think I'm an idiot? Do you really want me to answer that question? Why don't you go bounce on your own dick? Who put you in charge of the weird, dangerous trampoline place? Oh, oh, I can't be a concerned trampoline citizen? You do realize, like, a citizen's arrest is not a real thing. You don't just get to tell people what to do. I don't don't think that was not a question. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Trevor? Xavier? (laughs) Weren't you going to not come? Weren't you going to invite me? Well, can you blame me after the last time? Can you blame me for not wanting to be here? (sighs) Why can't we just get over it? Why can't we just start over? Why don't we? Why don't you stop acting like a dick? 
Can't you see that I'm trying? Can't you see that I've been trying for years? Why don't you just give me the benefit of the doubt that I want to make amends? Why don't you buy me a Slurpee? Would you like that? Would you like that? What flavor? Would purple be too much to ask? Am I not trying here? Am I not giving you a olive branch to work with? Why don't you sit down while I get your Slurpee? Why don't you go get it? <laughs> Why don't you just watch me? Can I get a Slurpee, please? What size? What sizes are there? Can't you see the sign? Can't you tell that I'm illiterate? Is that why you're not wearing pants? Do you have to read to put <laughs> pants on? Why don't I have my Slurpee yet? Why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Would you guys please stop swearing my kids are here? <laughs> why don't you shut the fuck up? Why are you so rude? <laughs> why don't we all calm down? Okay? Why don't you mind your own fucking business? <laughs> why don't you go to a bar or a, a gas station or a Walmart where people accept that kind of Oh, language? can I blow out my ACL there? Hey, hey, are you buying Slurpees or not? Why am I here then? You could be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Philip and Matt. Yes. Wait, me? That one. that one. Yeah, me one. Narrate. What? Oh, right. All right. All right. So let's see. Where are they? Unlikely place for film noir. Uh, let's see. You're on the set of a children's show. Ugh. <laughs> I picked correctly <laughs> and cut alright uh, oh finally I can take this stupid mascot head off yeah oh, god it's hot as hell in here well great job okay you really really pulled through for us oh, thanks I, uh, I appreciate it I can't believe this it's like every word he says is dripping with sarcasm yeah Look, I went to community college, and that's fine. Those are my decisions, and I'm paying for them now. But I didn't need this asshole, some PA or whatever the hell he is, giving me the business. So anyway, uh, are we are we done now? Are we? Can I go? Oh well, today is one of those days where we do sh- to shoot. Uh, we shoot two episodes, so we're just gonna have like a you know an hour break, uh, oh. and then we'll shoot the next for Friday. Uh, so you can just you know help yourself to uh, whatever you want over at Craft Services. Oh, cool! I'll uh, I'll do that. For fuck's sake, what, does it never end with this guy? Every single thing I do, he just tears apart, picking away at me like a vulture picking meat from a bone. I was gonna have my revenge. I'm lactose intolerant, but I'm gonna eat the shit out of that cheese plate. This costume's gonna smell like ass for weeks. Oh my god, you have a meat and cheese tray. That's perfect. I love those. Oh yeah, anything for you. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Craft Services has basically anything. I could make like one of those Dagwood sandwiches. That's like way too tall. What do I care? I didn't buy it. It's in the budget. I could I could be ridiculous with my food. Yeah, so just, you know, have a little nosh, and then uh, we'll be back in half an hour. Oh, gosh, that's so Hollywood. Mm. Oh, you're really eating Excuse a lot me. of cheese I there. I love, I love cheese. That, uh, that's a precarious-looking sandwich you're building over there. I'm, I'm impressed. No. What an asshole. There are starving kids in places I'd prefer not to travel to. Well, when you're on set, you're on set. It's set time. Set rules. You can do whatever the fuck you want when you're on set. It's in the Constitution. It's not your money. <laughs> Oh, hey, Xavier. Hey, Xavier. <laughs> oh, 
Hey, Xavier. I didn't realize your name was Xavier. That's a weird coincidence. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it... Wait a minute. All three of us are named Xavier? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I mean... I mean, does that happen to you guys often? I feel like this is the first time I've even well, met my, someone mine, else with the name Xavier. Mine's spelled the traditional French way. Oh. So, yeah, it's X-A-Y-V-I-E-I-E-R. And mine is just an X. But I really? like to pronounce Xavier. I like that. It's kind of a kind of fancy my parents abandoned me at the hospital instead of uh, putting a name in they just signed it with an x and left huh miss them i guess mine's kind of boring mine it's xavier but it's just spelled j-o-s-h uh i don't know huh. weird, weird. Uh, no. i really like that though gosh i hope that these two don't figure out that i'm fucking both of them <laughs> Hey, Xavier. Hey, Xavier. Hey, Xavier. Hey. Now's my chance. Finally, the Xaviers will accept Javier. <laughs> How you guys doing? Hey, oh, Javier. Hey, Javier. Hey, Javier. Hi. Hey. Good to see you. Come in over for some snacks? Yeah, craft services. Just wanted to hang out with my, my best friends. It was probably You know, it looks like we're kind of running out of food over here, Javier. So maybe you should go find a different table. Was that a dig at me? Uh, I used up so much lunch meat making this giant Dagwood sandwich. It's I can't hot. tell if he's implying that Javier should have to go get the food because he's Mexican or something. <laughs> Seems vaguely racist. I hope that Javier picked up on the fact that I just don't want him to be around the two people I'm fucking. Man, I'm getting, I'm getting the hint that they really want me here. Anyway, how have you been? It's been so long since we've had a chance to catch up. Yeah, it's been like a couple hours. Right? A lot can happen in a couple hours. Yeah, I've I've been great. Mm. Just, you know, waiting to hang out with my best friends. (laughs) Shouldn't you be setting up the lighting for the next shoot? Ooh, yeah, it's going to be important. Going to need a lot of lighting. We do need a lot of lights for this shoot. I'm just trying to keep the thing on schedule here, guys. Oh, yeah, I, you know what? I'll I'll go do that. I can tell he was really going to miss me. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to finish eating, and then uh, I'll be ready to go. Jump right into that next episode. I can't believe I'm surrounded with this much incompetence. These people are all assholes. Maybe it's time to go back to school. Okay, well, uh, the script should be in your, in your dressing room. So mm. just, you know, you got an hour to, to look that over and finish that plate of cheese mm-hmm. I'll be right on that I'm gonna go take a poop gosh you know it's been great hanging out with you guys but I should probably get back to work god watching the lunch meats glisten off their faces just makes me want to do both of these guys so hard and see <laughs> <laughs> okay <clears throat> why don't we wrap up with yeah let's you put, a, might put be. a knife in this one <laughs> yeah so let's let's play you might be Everyone will pick up on it quick enough. Yeah. Uh, Matt, why don't you give us a... Uh, doctor. Mm-hmm. You have to say it that way, I guess. I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell I was doing there. If doctor. you're not sure if you're covered in your own blood or somebody else's blood, <laughs> you might be a doctor. If you enjoy picking apart medical shows for their glaring inaccuracies, you might be a doctor. What do doctors do again? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> If you're sick of people walking up to you and saying, scalpel, you might be a doctor. If you're surprised at literally nothing being stuck inside of a human, (laughs) (laughs) 
you might be a doctor. If you actually know what's up, you might be a doctor. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> if it's okay for you to wear white after Labor Day, <laughs> you might be a doctor. If you had to go to school for 15 years, you might be a doctor. If you're briefly worried that TLC was singing about you and what you wear, you might be a doctor. Oh, man. If you manage to put off most of your work onto the nursing staff but still get paid triple what they do, you might be a doctor. Uh, let's go with plumber. If you're real good at laying pipe, you might be a plumber. If there's a type of crack named after you, you might be a plumber. If you have a real good suntan but it's only on about two inches of crust <laughs> just above your ass... You might be a plumber. If you're a part of a union, get regular raises, and have fantastic <laughs> benefits, you might be a plumber. If you're pretty sure that that porn plot of the bored housewife is bullshit, <laughs> you might be a plumber. Oh, if you can say ball cock without giggling, <laughs> you might be a plumber. If you're a you, a Mario, <laughs> you might be a plumber. If you spend the day bent over a toilet, but not drinking, you might be a plumber. <laughs> if, if the holes you're used to have the hair on the inside, you might be a plumber. Oh, God. <laughs> well done. Let's go. Let's, let's up the uh, difficulty level a little Ooh. bit. Cartographer. If you know what a cartographer is, you might be a cartographer. If you were put out of work by Google Maps, you might be a cartographer. If you've told people here there be serpents, <laughs> you may be a cartographer. If you actually found a way to make money off of that art degree, you might be a cartographer. If you think globes are for chumps, <laughs> you might be a cartographer. If you're just waiting for Mars to get colonized, <laughs> you might be a cartographer. If you've ever named a fjord after a relative, <laughs> you might be a cartographer. If you put little fake cities on the maps just for fun because they actually they fucking actually do, do that, that yeah. you might be a cartographer. If you don't know where to draw the line, <laughs> you might be a cartographer. If you're amazed no one's noticed Bulgaria is slowly shrinking, <laughs> you might be a cartographer. If you're sick of drawing that little legend in the corner with the north, south, east, and west, you might be a cartographer. Um, how about a turkey farmer? <laughs> turkey. <laughs> if you're only popular around Thanksgiving, mm. you might be a turkey farmer. If half of your day is spent plucking, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. If you constantly point out that uh, Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be the national bird to people to make your job sound more important, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. If you actually know when in the process they put in that little thing that pops out when it's done cooking, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. Did you know farmer. they're alive? You don't know. You're not a turkey yeah, farmer. That's a good point. If the skin under your chin resembles your quarry, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. If you've ever had sex with a turkey, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. If you're really sick of getting those little hand drawings of turkeys, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. If your best uh, anti-racism analogy is always white versus dark meat, <laughs> you might be a turkey farmer. Uh, no, you can't. Hot do dog it. vendor, like a hot dog cart. If you offer a foot long and can actually deliver it, <laughs> you might be a hot dog vendor. 
And that's our show. Thank you to the gentleman from Double Blind Improv for showing up. Thank you to... Eric Thompson. And... Matt Alex. And, uh, gentlemen, if you could tell us uh, and the folks at home how uh, they could get a hold of you or to see when shows are coming up. So Double Blind Improv has all of its stuff out on Facebook. You can search for Double Blind Improv and like the page. We'll post about upcoming shows there. We're usually on the third Thursday of the month at Honey in Minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, at 7.30. $5 ticket price, pretty great deal for some comedy. Yeah, that's terrific. And you guys are a part of uh, Fearless Productions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fearless has a big event coming up. Yes, it does. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about Die Laughing. Yes, uh, April 8th through 10th is Die Laughing, our 50-hour comedy marathon. It's going to start on Friday, April 8th, and run through Sunday, April 10th, 50 hours straight. We have a form out on fearlesscomedyproductions.com. If you want to help volunteer, if you want stage time, uh, we need more performers and more help to make this whole thing work. Mm -hmm. And if you want to come see it, please do. We have plenty of space we'd love to have an audience for every performer mm-hmm. so and if you don't live geographically close by you can always go to dielaughingmarathon.com the entire event is streamed online and as we said the Which whole is thing awesome. is a fundraiser for our uh, our theater companies and nonprofits so it's all mm-hmm. uh, tax deductible donations yeah. and you can uh, donate in person or online mm-hmm. great and uh, and also uh, both of you guys are involved in several podcasts yes so if you could tell us a little bit about what you do, uh, Matt, maybe you could start out. Sure, I do a bunch. Uh, one is called Apropos of Nothing, which is a chat show with myself and a couple other people where, uh, you know, like Jordan Jessica or the Nerdist type of thing, we have guests on and have fun. Uh, I do one called Horror Show Hot Dog, where we watch and discuss three horror movies in a horror short each week. Uh, there's Horror Story Hot Dog, which is a spinoff of that, wherein we read and discuss short horror fiction. And uh, I also do uh, a show called News from Honeytown with mm-hmm. Eric here, which is uh, like a short radio play um, that's, uh, I think Eric described it well as being, it's like uh, if Welcome to Night Vale was more funny and not scary or weird. Yeah, well, uh, we're still we're weird, weird in our own way, but it's in a different way. Yeah. Less unsettling, mm-hmm. maybe. And yeah, I, I always describe it as it's like uh, a Prairie Home Companion, but funny. Uh, we also are both voice actors for Redshift, which is on the uh, Fancy Pants Gangsters Network. That is a science fiction kind of uh like a radio drama yeah radio drama is a good way to put it um where they'll they'll release stories uh once a month Mm -hmm. um the whole first season is up there right now and we'll be starting a new season uh fairly soon i think the first story we're working on is either for february or march so that should be coming up really quick uh i also do the high five uh podcast um, which is like apropos of nothing in format. It's kind of a shooting the shit with friends sort of podcast. Um, and all of these you can find on it. Terrific. Philip, what do you have going on? You can see me in Neutrino Saturday nights at Huge Theater. So excited for that. Uh, at 8 o'clock uh, in March and April. That's a improvised movie that is filmed while you watch it. Yeah. That's cool. Which is insane. Uh, and then uh, local music scene. Uh, February's guest, Jack and the Cokes, and March's musical guest will be Jen Strick. And as always, go to youtube.com slash philipsimondet for a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, very Philip-related. Gross. So, uh, and as, as far as I go, I don't have any uh, performances coming up that I know of at the moment. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, but I one of the teams that I coach is performing at Huge Wednesdays. That's Huge Theater 3037 Lindale Avenue South. Uh, go to hugetheater.com for more information about shows there. 
Uh, they're called Mixed Messages, and they're really fucking good, so you should check them out. Uh, they'll be through February, then taking a break in March, and then back in April. Huge Wednesdays, 8 o'clock, with three other groups. Five bucks, seven bucks, seven, seven. bucks. So used to the five dollars. I'll steal it any price. Steal it any price. <laughs> Philip, how can people get a hold of us? You can send us an email at nextstepbatpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on facebook.com slash nextstepbat. And noise check out us picnic. and other amazing podcasts on noisepicnic.com. Yeah, yeah. Go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it. Let us know what you think with your words, because we like words. And tune in next week. Shut the fuck up, Philip. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week when we're going to have cross-weaving on. That's going to be Andy Hillbrands and MJ Marsh, and we like those gentlemen quite a bit. And until then, as always, squeeze your melons, folks. <laughs> <laughs>